everyone. It's Dr. W, the host of the podcast, Grief Glasses. For this episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing my nephew, Jarrell Washington. Jarrell, thank you for joining uh, the conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I, I appreciate you bringing me on, Auntie. Very much appreciate it. Absolutely. So I'd like to start uh, my conversations with a question of asking each guest, what comes to mind when you hear the term grief? Um, I mean, pain, sorrow, sadness, anger, um, betrayal, um, lots of words describe grief. But the one um, word that's been very, um, very persistent and consistent with me has been pain, I would say. Pain is the one word that definitely stands out when I hear the word grief. Okay, that's fair. Uh, certainly, uh, pain is associated with grieving. Um, so I want to have a open conversation about a story or stories that you care to share about in terms of your experience of pain and grief. And so let's get started. Uh, what what story or stories are you prepared to share with the audience today? Um, there's a couple of stories, a few stories that I, I would like to share, and I'll try to keep it short and share tidbits of each one. Cause um, one, one was very like, it's been, it's been a wild ride. I, I would have to say, but um, the first story would, uh, would be the passing of my grandfather um, back in 2010. That was, that was my first experience of, feeling grief, feeling pain, um, being angry. I, I remember just wanting to, wanting to ask so many questions, but not being able to, not being able to get the answers because like there, there's, there, there are no other answers after the stage of a passing of a loved one. Um, so it, it was very hard and, and we had known like, you know, something's been wrong beforehand and we've known dad was in the hospital back and forth um back then so you know obviously there were complications and dad was kept he just kept working and working he he honestly worked to his last day i would have to say um so it, it was it was a different it was definitely a painful experience because for 18 years of my life 18 19 years of my life that was my father that was my my superhero, my, my, my man, my, my guy, the, the one person that I could not be on this earth without, or, and, and he, he, he meant the world to me. And, and, um, it was definitely, it was one of those things that kind of put me on a, put me on a small, small downward spiral, um, getting in the wrong crowds and, and doing the wrong things. And it, it definitely, I was, I definitely was someone who, I definitely am someone who has learned to handle grief over time. I, back then, especially at that age, not being able to process it and not being able to know who to go to or who to ask, even though I could come to you guys anytime, it still was just so hard because you still feel like there's still some closure that you just can't get, no matter how many questions you ask or who, whoever you talk to. So it, it was definitely, um, painful in, in that way and, and losing dad, um, so sudden. I feel like he had so much more life to give. But, you know, when, when the Lord calls your name and he was a firm believer, then it's your time to go. So you have to just learn to, and that's where the grief, you have to learn to just grieve and, and you know, know that he is in a better place and knowing that he is not in pain anymore. Um, and, and once again, it's different. Grief is, and there's, there's two different kinds of grief that 
pain that I want to talk about tonight because that was that's pain that's that's pain coming from a family member and that was even though you know no one lives forever and dad was already in his what was in his mid to late 80s Chris if I if I'm correct it was kind of early to mid 80s early mid 80s okay yeah and um so we know getting up there in age and it's hard to keep keep healthier keep healthy at that age um so obviously at some point you don't ever wish that your parent to go but you know at some point you have to ask that question when is that dreadful day um but another another set of pain that hit me really hard was uh the passing of my best friend ambrose thompson um in 2013 and um ambrose committed suicide uh, January 22nd. And it, that was, that was something I didn't know how to really register. Cause once again, it's different. It's like, you know, you have your grandfather who has had medical issues and complications and you're praying for the best. You're praying that God helps him out, but this is someone you, you spend time with and you grow with and you you have these plans to grow old at some point with and be friends to the very end and that life is cut short and not only by but not only that but by their own hand as well so let me ask you you this joe yeah Uh, let me cut you off oh you're fine take me through that process of learning about um my dad's illness when he went into the hospital you found out he was in the hospital and, and this time around it was serious um, and then, uh, it wasn't long. He, 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 you know, it was a couple of weeks and then, you know, he had, you know, transitioned. So mm-hmm. take me through the process of finding out, uh, how you dealt with the, you know, hearing that and understanding the seriousness that we were dealing with. And then when he did pass, what was that like for you? Take me through your thought process. Um, when when I first found out Dad was sick, um, I even even though I was eighteen, nineteen, I still, you know, obviously there's still some jaded things, and I didn't think it was. Even though Mom and Steve and M kind of felt like it was serious, I was still that optimistic, firm believer. Like, oh, Dad's been in the hospital before; he's going to be out in two weeks. Like, this is a cakewalk for him. He's as strong as a, he's as healthy as an ox. Um, but when we got there and he was sedated, um, my heart just dropped. Like I, I remember the last conversation I had with dad and he, it was just a a simple conversation of him telling me he loves me and he misses me. Um, how are my studies doing? Um, and just making, making sure I'm doing the right thing. You know, that's what he always said was do the right thing. Just remember to always do the right thing, Shane. And, um, but so not being able to hear his voice in that time frame and that in those couple of weeks before he had passed like that that's what really that's what really hit me hard and and that's that was my whole thought process is like am i ever going to hear my grandfather's voice ever again um in that in that moment and when i i cuz like i said i i remember me and him got in late that night to the, uh, and went straight to the hospital and just sitting there sedated, just quiet, and the room's just in, the room's just quiet, and it it's it's not it's not a good. I mean, it's I understand it's the 
process of life, but it's not a good feeling. It it was it was very traumatic towards me, I would have to say. And I wish I would have sought out some type of help afterwards because I've never had to deal with that before. And this is someone who I, you know, care for with all my heart and soul and seeing him speak uh, you know, almost lifeless. It was all it was almost like he was already dead not being able to talk to him and, and waiting on false hope or, and, you know, just, I don't know. It, it was definitely, it was definitely gut wrenching at the end of the day. It was definitely gut wrenching. And still to this day, um, it's still one of the sites like him when we were all in that, in that hospital room uh, that day, it, it, it still just, comes back to me every so often of just hearing that flat line and just hearing that you know he's gone now like it still creeps back into my head here and there so it's it's definitely stuck with me for a while and it definitely kicks me in the gut here and there but I know that he's watching over me I know that I I know that I carry I live on through him so you know that that does help and and you know disseminate some of the the anger and the frustration sometimes that comes from it so when you talk about being young and really trying to process it, how did you deal with your your pain and grief? You talked about kind of going wayward and, and some things. Um, what um, did you do? What was your process of trying to find healing and comfort? It was surrounding myself around, even even though I I went wayward and I had run-ins and I I was just not on the right path, uh, straight off the path. Um, at the end of the day, because I remember I remember when um, I I remember one day uh, I was with my buddy Junius and Justin and Megan, and we were at a uh, Junius's old apartment. And we were drinking and it was, it was one of those things that it just like hit me in the back of my head that like, dad's gone. Like, cause I, it was one of those, it was one of those days where it was just like, Oh, I haven't talked to dad in a while. I need to call him. But it like just, and I just immediately just shut down and broke down. So it's, it was, but I had people there who loved me and not, and even though th- these people weren't involved in my actions, these people had nothing to do with the way I chose to carry, walk down a path. Like these are people who, cared for me dearly but knew that like I wasn't correct correctly doing the right things but they still loved me immensely and showed me that hey we're here no matter what we know what you're going through and if we have to go through it with you we will but we want to let you know that you're going to come out of this you know on top and things are going to be okay and it it so that's what you have to do you have to surround yourself around the people who love you and that can be that's from a friend that you grew up with from diapers to your brothers, to your, uh, your, your, your other, your other spouse, uh, your spouse, any, anyone who's close to you. Um, you have, if, because if you don't have that love and if you can't feel that love and feel secure in a blanket of love and comfort and feel, and you feel alone, things tend to get really heavy and you tend to get inside yourself a lot. And that's the one thing you don't want to do is be inside yourself when dealing with grief. That makes sense. Uh, it's good that you had a good core group of friends to kind of re re steer you and 
support you in the way that you needed it. Um, I think that's so important. Uh, you you had another story you wanted to to share about. Uh, so if you can, yeah, share um, a little bit about that story. Yeah, uh, January twenty second, two thousand thirteen. Um, my best friend Ambrose Thompson committed suicide, and I was already kind of still down. Like once I was down that rabbit hole, there was really kind of just more like I, I guess I I guess I can always go deeper. I was probably like on a way on my way of climbing out that hole, but from when Dad passed, but still, um, it was it was just as it was still hard. But um, it was still hard times for me at that at that point in time still. Um, but yeah, we I it was I I can't I think it was like ten o'clock. It was when we had found we had found out, but I was at uh, I was at his brother's house, his older brother Reggie's house. Reggie's the uh, the middle brother of the three, and uh, we all we've all we all grew up together. I, I've known they moved to Indiana when um, I was in seventh grade, so me and Ambrose graduated together, and Reggie was a year older than us. But um, ran, ran track, played football, like we you know we developed a brotherhood together. Um, but we get a uh, a banging on the door. At 10, 11 o'clock at night, lights off, uh, being bozos and whatnot. And we um, play, I think we were playing video games or something, but we get a banging on the door and we're thinking, oh no, it's the cops. We're like, why would the cops be bothering us right now? And we're thinking, oh, we're being too loud or something like that. But it's his mom and his mom is just hysterically crying and we, she, we're trying to understand her, but we can't. So we know we, we have a feeling that it's something to do with. Danny Ambrose or Chris. Chris was their older brother, and she, once she composed herself, she told us that Ambrose shot himself. And I, I immediately, I, I, I couldn't even like understand the thought of suicide at that point in time. Still, um, although we've we've had a couple of suicides in our class and in our school, while I was going to school, and even shortly after, but. Um, it was it was different with Ambrose because that once again like that was my brother that was somebody who was close to me and and you can and now to this day his mom even says like if Reggie has if Reggie didn't have you I don't know where he would be right now and me and Reggie became closer than than blood like I I Chris like I tell you like I will that man me and him like nothing could make us stronger and he's he's the brother that like he's definitely the older brother that. I've always wanted and but he's he's definitely like him on the competitive side and like you can definitely tell that I I understand like it, it, it's a crazy dynamic on how how it is but um but yeah but when when um when I found that out we were just kind of dumbfounded and I sat there in Reggie's apartment um just speechless um hands in my head in my hands um Reggie's trying to pick his mom up off the floor crying um, she, um, she, they're, they're talking about going to leave and seeing the body before the ambulance pulls off with it. And I, I just, I'm just still in shock that I just sit there and it takes me a second. They have Reggie has to like snap me out of it. Cause I, at first I didn't want to go at all. Like I was trying to say, I didn't want to go, but my mouth wasn't saying it because I was just still in too much shock. And I remember him. Te- I remember finally being able to say it. He's like, "No, no, no. You like, you have to come too. Like, he wouldn't like. I won't. I don't want you to stay here by yourself for one, 
because that's bad. And two, like you need to like if you're my brother, you will come with me to see our brother. And I and I I got up and we went, and I seeing a sight like that, I'll never forget either. And I didn't have to do that to myself, but I I guess I thought maybe it maybe I could find closure possibly. Um, but that's that's one story that really hits hard because there's so many kids out there with mental disabilities that are being overlooked and they're not getting the right care or the right medicine or the right treatment and things like this happen. And the crazy thing about this story is, is that number one, Ambrose had, um, I remember me and him were going to watch, we were going to go see a movie. Uh, I think it was when, um, um, hitman or something it was the movie with um ryan Reynolds and denzel washington i i forgot what it was called but about the spy and all that um but i remember we went to go see that movie and and i was going to go to work right afterwards i worked at little caesar's right across the street from the movie theater and he just lives right down the street from little caesar so he just walked straight home and um i remember us talking about um when he attempted to commit suicide back in high school and how it was over it was over a female and I, and he was already with the female. So he was already going through it with problems and whatnot. But I asked him, I was like, Hey, like, you just got to promise me, like you will never do what you did back then. Well, he's like, no, I'll leave it before that happens. I promise. Like, I don't, I don't want to go down that road again. And he, you could tell he was very sincere about it. He was very, um, he, he knew the right words to say, I would say. Um, but he put, he put my mind at ease in that moment. But, um, and it's, it's, but um, this certain time, I guess that things just got too hard to the point. We didn't find a letter. His mom found a letter, you know, a, a few days later before the funeral. And I remember there was a couple of lines that he said that really stuck with me was just like how he felt. You know, he's like, every time I try to make someone happy, I end up, you know, I end up making them sad or something like that. He's like, so I want to go try in heaven and things in the nature of, you know, if there's no let things just play out for what it is there's no use trying to fix it if it's already if the damage is already done just just certain quotes that made you really think of like you know don't don't push yourself to be something that you're not to where it messes up your mental psyche and it has you questioning yourself and and still to this day that we you know we it'll, it'll always be a mystery of us as if you know as to why um like why truly because ambrose is a very vague person mysterious person sometimes so he wouldn't give everything to everybody he would definitely hold some things in and um at, at the, well, the first time he had committed so the first time he had attempted was in, in high school um he had a double i think he had they said he had had a double barrel shotgun and he uh he told me the story, you know, after a week or so after he told me, he came out with it and told me that he had tried to attempt it. But he had said that, um, you know, I asked God, you know, if he didn't want me to be here right now, you know, um, let this shotgun go off. And sure enough, the shotgun jammed and shotguns don't usually jam. So that it was, it was very odd and weird and, and supernatural. But I told him, I was like, that has to be a sign. Like, obviously, you're meant to do great things and great work and you have, you know, your future is very bright, but I guess that, you know, with such a bright person, just like Robin Williams, so many things are going on in your head 
that there is a dark there is a darkness and a dark voice in there that's constantly you know biting at you and biting and nipping at you until eventually like it eventually consumes you and takes over just ever so slightly to where you're not you're not thinking about the ones around you the people who actually love you you know you're you're thinking more of i don't have anyone i i i can't have anyone i'm i'm useless to everyone and that's one thing i definitely want to highlight in young adults like my my son for instance my stepson he he faces mental challenges and he has those fears and those thoughts so it's constantly every day you know reassuring him that he is loved and that he that he is cared for and that we're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that he 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 grows up to have the best life he can we can give him for sure so it but once again that that pain that pain will always be there and and Still, still to this day, I I feel like Ambrose messes with me, um, jokingly, because um, just small little things will happen, just super little small little supernatural things. And I'm saying I'm not a a, a ghost believer or anything like that, um, but just like the ever so slight thing that you know a good luck will happen, and I I kind of feel like that might be him just like nudging me along and making sure letting letting me know that he's still around. Because there's times where I I break down and cry that you know I. I didn't get to grow up with my best friend and I, I still, you know, it's, it's still unbelievable to think at the same time too. So, cause Reggie looks exactly like him. So it is hard looking at him sometimes. Well, that that's a good segue for me. You, you mentioned you, you get these signs that you think may be coming from him. So when you take a step back and you, you think about these two stories, I think that, when a person has had time to really process the grief and the pain and you're really looking uh, for perspective of, of what it really means for your life and going forward, I think that if you really take time and reflect, you can identify some lessons and blessings that can come from these experiences. So I'm wondering if you can share with me uh, some lessons that you've learned from going through these difficult moments and what are the blessings uh, that you can identify right now in life as a result of these moments and, and, and the um, pain experienced? Let, uh, one of the lessons that I have learned is, and, and I, I learned this lesson from dad and Ambrose and this is, this is, and I'm, I'm very grateful that I learned this lesson and that's, be be aware of everybody you know no matter no matter the the what they look on the outside don't ever don't ever judge people ambrose never judged people and dad never judged people and that's one thing that's one lesson i've always carried over and that's one thing that people love about me is that my attitude of you know non-judgmental and i'm always you know how dad always said hi to everybody he saw it they drove drive by he don't even know who they are but he will always make an attempt to wave at that person uh it's it goes it's that little thing to always bring a smile to somebody it's a lesson to always always look out for somebody no matter who they are um i recently quick side note i was just on a i just produced a film we were on a five-day shoot and i uh brought in this pa that i met on a job and he was very uh he was very, uh, he was very energetic, like very charismatic. He just wanted to get the job done, get the job done. Uh, we'll come to find out like him and his girl are like kind of like in the slumps and going through it. And, um, 
you know, so give like just giving them a word of advice and letting them know like where I am, where my relationship is and how I got here. And, you know, like trying to be a mentor to somebody else. Like I always I've always I've learned to always, you know, pay it forward. Um, and then one thing that I, I say is a blessing is that. Um, it. The, the blessing honestly doesn't come from. The the blessing the blessing comes from mom's passing actually, which is very, very, um, very off. But, uh, the, the blessing was being able to be here where I'm at now, um, where my life was at one point was very dark and, and very, very one way. And the path, the, the, the end journey was not good whatsoever. Um, but then when mom's last wishes were me to fin were me that, I need to finish school. Um, I took that to heart and I went to school, got my film degree <laughs> and I've worked on, you know, commercials with the Kansas city chiefs, Facebook, um, um, Omaha stakes, um, Fox sports. Like I've, I've done a handful of things, Toyota. Um, there's, there's so planet fitness. There's another one. I don't keep, I keep spatting them off, but that that's the blessing itself is that something told me that I need to get out of the situation with that. I was in being in Indiana because it wasn't good for me anymore. And I, and moving here, although it was a hard, it was hard at first, the first couple, the first couple of years, it was really hard. But once I got my bearings, once I got my footing, um, it, it a lot of doors opened up for me and I'm very blessed to be where I'm at right now, the home that I live in, the family that I have, uh, the people that I know, the connections that I made, I'm very blessed. And it, like I said, it all, it takes, it just takes one, one action to realize, uh, that, you know, you're doing wrong. It just takes one thing. That one thing was all, all the deaths in, in the past, Final, uh, all had a meaning to me and that one meaning and that meaning to all of them was that I do something great with my life at the end of the day and I want to honor that I, I want to do something great so that I'm still learning lessons too so I, I could probably give you another lesson that I've learned next week <laughs> but um yeah. we're all we're all still young but uh yeah, yeah. Well, that's good that's good um proud of you for honoring that wish of, of mom and uh, doing great work and getting some exposure and to do what you went to school to do and enjoying what you're doing. That's, that's certainly a blessing. Not a lot of people can say, I love what I do. I enjoy what I do. Yeah. Uh, that itself is, is such a blessing. So as we kind of wrap things up here, I think a part of surviving grief is having a survival toolkit. And you've talked about how you've managed your, your, episodes or your situations, can you share with me what you would offer to someone else who may be dealing with grief or it may be coming? It's just not right now. What would uh, you say would be important for them to have in their survival toolkit? I, I was number one, um, an outlet that, that definitely helps. I, I didn't start taking filmmaking seriously until after the death of another friend of mine, another two friends of mine. And, and that's when I really like 
dug my teeth into it and wanted another outlet because football was my outlet for so long. But once I realized like sports can't always be a thing, I need something else. Um, filmmaking not only became my job, but it became my outlet. And with and not only that, with that being said, that will um, also bring in people who love you as well, because there are so many film friends that I've made that have done that have that oh that that um that have helped me out through dark times i mean me and like me and v are ever low on something or anything like that like i've had friends that help because i've helped them too it just it just works both ways like that so um you know once again it goes back to the people who people who love you um and, and then last but not if if i had to say one more um I know this isn't really like a, a, a tool to have a tool. This isn't a tool. Well, I guess it can be. Um, but it, it's don't 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 be afraid. Um, I guess you can. I, I don't know if that can be that can be said as a tool. But to me, it's it's about not being afraid be, because you want to be able to talk to people about these things and about grief. Don't be afraid to open up and be emotional and be vulnerable because that that's the first step in getting better. And, and that's the first step, a step in having a healthier, healthier mind, body, and soul that I, I would have to say. Well, those are good. Those are both good. I, sense, yeah. yeah, those make sense to me. Um, definitely an outlet, a way to uh, get your mind in a good place and your spirit in a good place and, and being open to having the, the conversation with someone you trust. Um, so very good. Good points there. Uh, well, Joe, I, I thank you so much uh, for, uh, again, for the conversation and, and being vulnerable, as you say, to have the conversation. Uh, but certainly, I think you've shared a lot of good stuff, and hopefully someone can benefit from your, your experience and your journey. Um, and as I always say to my, my guests and to my audience, uh, never judge anything before it's time in time and with perspective, your pain and grief will take its proper place in your life. Thank you for listening.